Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Today we're talking about flooding and specifically what to do when one or both partners is prone to escalate during conflict. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to remind you about our upcoming breakfast club or book club. We haven't decided what to name it, but we're reading Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. And so far I'm pleasantly surprised by the book and I'm looking forward to discussing it with you. We had a really cool conversation with a handful of folks in December and uh, February looks like it's going to be really cool. You can learn more about that at marriagetherapyradio.com. I think later in this episode, we also plug our video course, which is called Marriage in Motion. You can check that out at marriagetherapyradio.com. But for now, um, we're going to have a really cool conversation. Stick around. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um, it is morning and I am here for you because I know how important mornings are for you, even though I wanted to still be asleep right now. Yeah. I don't think you were actually sleeping though. I think you were. You, so here's what happened, guys. Um, Zach and I have a perpetual conflict in our friendship and it's never going to go away. And um, he gets little bits and pieces of what it's like to be married to me when I text him and I'm like, hey, let's record this podcast. Um, time's a wasting. Yeah. Sunshine is is going away. Uh, so he sends me a picture and he said, leave me alone. I'm sleeping. And it's literally just a picture of him. <laughs> he and his wife, Rebecca snuggling in bed. And that honestly, like kind of made my blood boil a little bit. So I'm like, my time is very important. And I feel like my time, like you're not taking my time seriously. Yeah. We could, uh, so. we could get into this right now, but I'm not going to, because I think no. there might be people who are listening to us for the first time. And we really are friends. We really do. <laughs> we are. There's we really a wax and a wing. But I um, am not all that concerned about your scheduling um, oh, emergencies. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm very concerned about <laughs> I have yours. an emergency. What? I've got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I do. Yeah. I need to go run. You know, there's a I'm thing that you can do where you arrange the order of the stuff. Okay. So you can do stuff later. Like you can do some stuff that you think that you need to do. You can do it now and then later. I don't want, I don't want to. Yeah. I like to get it all off my plate so that I am free and clear and I can have playtime. 
But anyway, we're here. And um, for those of you who are listening to us for the very first time, Zach's in Seattle. I'm in Bend, Oregon. And this is our weekly date with each other where we look at each other and we talk about things that matter in our practice as couples therapists and matter in our, in our life and right. our marriages. And uh, so that's what we do. I had my annual date this year. I mean, this week. Yes. So how did you do that? So tell, tell, tell our listeners right. a little bit about, because you just celebrated an anniversary, right? Sort of. Like what, yeah. what year so is this? January 11th track? Is, uh, is our anniversary. It's more important than our wedding anniversary. It's the anniversary of our first date, which mm -hmm. was in 1997. So it's that you do math and I'll keep telling this story. Okay. So yeah. um, in 1997, we went to the Olive Garden for dinner and then we went to a movie called The American President, which was cool. It's a good movie. Uh, I'm glad we went well, to a good I, movie. Can I tell you something real fast? I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. I, so I, I didn't understand this. And I wonder, this is how I think like the world is listening to us just a little bit, like Amazon, Netflix. But on my Netflix account, at the very top where it kind of like promotes new shows and whatever. Yeah. Is this with Michael Douglas? Yeah. Totally. It's been, it's, I'm not even joking, but the American president has been promoted to me as a movie that I need to watch. It's like, you might be interested in the American president. I've seen and, it 27 times. Yeah. Well, I've never seen it once, but apparently Netflix thinks I need to watch it probably because they know we're friends. You're supposed to Just say, saying. why have you seen it 27 times? Oh, uh, Zach, why have you seen the American president 27 times? Because on January 11th, 1997, we met in 96. Our first date was in 96. And then in 97, yeah, we got engaged on that day. And I, to celebrate, we went to the Olive Garden and we rented a VHS of the American president. Do you remember what a okay. VHS is? Do you, have you ever seen I it? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen them. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. I'm 36 years old. I'm a grown ass woman. Just And then saying. every year since then, we have uh, eaten Olive Garden and watched the American uh -huh. president. And it's been crazy because yeah. we've had to adapt a couple of times. Rebecca's been out of town or for whatever reason, our schedules didn't work this year. There was COVID. So we couldn't go to the Olive Garden. So we just got takeout. We ate it at our house. How um, was that? <laughs> it was great. I mean, yeah. Olive Garden's great if you eat it once a year. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's such a treat. Like if you can gorge yourself on 19 breadsticks and salad and soup, then you're, you're great. Sometimes we go there and I'm, uh, I'm in awe of people who eat there like regularly. I'm like this is their, mm -hmm. this is their thing, which is fine. Cause yeah. it was certainly, it was my thing one time. Um, before I met my husband, the Olive Garden was the fanciest restaurant I had ever eaten at. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not even, I mean, if for some people that is the fanciest restaurant and, and for me, it, it really was. That was like where we went when my mom graduated from uh, grad school. One time to celebrate. We went to the Olive Garden and uh, the guy, you know, the waiter comes up and he, he has the little cheese grater thing. And he's like, how much cheese do you want? And he was yeah. churning the cheese. And there was a table next to us that was like full of, uh, let's just say dateable girls for him. Oh, okay. Uh huh. <laughs> and he could not have cared less about us at all. So he like, a never heard us tell him when to stop doing the cheese. Cause he was looking <laughs> at them. And then when he was done with the cheese, he literally took the, the cheese grater thing and put uh -huh. it into the salad. Like he just laid it down on top of the salad and he walked away. So we got a, we have a olive garden. We have an authentic olive garden cheese grater. You took it with you. Of course. Yeah. He gave it to us as uh -huh. an anniversary gift. He did give it to you. Yeah. I, there's a couple of times when things have made their way into my purse as a gift from the restaurant that I was at. Happy birthday to me. I have a very, um, very cool fork that I got this summer on San Juan Island. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's I like, nice. I couldn't resist. It was so 
it was such a cool fork that I I need. I to love I love that we are completely Shh, confessing to crimes. We're like, yeah. <laughs> True crimes to, with confessing Zach and to Laura. shoplifting on Marriage Therapy Radio. <laughs> okay, what did we want to talk about? Because we are we wait. I want to ask you a- one more thing. Okay. Have you ever done this thing called um, intermittent fasting? Yes, I'm I'm actually doing it right now, which is probably why I was super cranky with you oh, yeah. via text message this morning. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I'm doing that now, too. I, I, I learned about it this year and I decided I'm going to try it out. I just need somebody to explain it to me. Uh, <laughs> well, all I know is I'm not eating from like yeah, eight to noon. This is probably going to be a super punchy episode because both of us are in a fasting mode at the moment and a little light. Maybe, maybe I only fast from like maybe I only fast from from like uh like 10 p.m to 9 a.m yeah well that's easy because that's when you're sleeping (laughs) yeah that's not (laughs) my stomach hold on if it growls again i'm gonna try and move the microphone so you can hear my stomach growling because i am currently in a fast and that's why i probably needed to get out the door and run this morning is due to do a fasted exercise a fasted run You know, Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, especially during abnormally stressful times like these. This is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor but with the ability to communicate when and how you want. The matching process is quick but thorough, and you have the ability to communicate with your therapist how you like it, whether it be messaging, over the phone, or video conferencing. I know that in-person therapy sessions aren't feasible right now, and a lot of therapists are booked out, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you're supporting marriage therapy Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register. Try TRY better B E T T E R help. H E L P.com forward slash MTR to register with better help. Hey, what are we talking about? Because you had something specific you wanted to bring well, up. Well, I've just been thinking a lot for two reasons about flooding and, and uh, what's it called diffuse physiological arousal. Like when we get. Mm-hmm when we get so escalated that we kind of lose our, I don't know, our mind. Um, mm-hmm. I realized it because Rebecca and I got into this thing the other day about our kids and both of us. Started I love yelling. that you dropped your voice and got like a tiny bit quieter. because You're actually at home. And I I'm, think you're like, oh, she going to hear think, me. I, well, it's not her. I'm afraid of Abby. I'm a, she's scary. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, Okay. Um, so you're saying you got into first of all, it. Guess what else happened? Abby turned 18 this week. I know. I or can't even week. handle it. So now she's like a grown up and she's, yeah, she, she thinks she's, she's going to beat you up. She thinks she's grown up too, which is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is she giving you the dirtiest looks right now? No, I, I don't even know where she is. I'm just afraid she's going to come in here and yell at me. Um, <laughs> but uh, she called the other day and she was like, dad, how do you know, how do you know how many gallons to put in the gas tank? And I was like, what do you uh, mean? She's like, well, how many gallons does your car take? And I was like, I don't understand the question. She's right. like, well, I'm trying to fill it up, but I don't know. And I'm like, babe, you just hold the handle until it pops. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then she started yelling at me, yelling at me because I hadn't taught her that already. I was like, Jesus, I can't win for losing. Just, anyway. Yeah. Um, 
Go back to the back anyway. To the we we got into a shouting match the other day, and I I yeah. heard myself out loud mm. say things that I didn't mean. Mm-hmm. Like I literally said horrible, horrible things that I that had no basis in my actual feeling or reality or truth. Mm-hmm. And I and I I I was oh, I was stunned. It was almost like I punched myself in the chest. And I good and somebody I was, should have. Well, and I was just like, wait a second, what is happening right now? And it, it was the first time I sort of in real time in the moment caught the, yeah. like what flooding will do to you. Yeah. Um, and I literally just stopped and I said, hold on. Oh, 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 I know what happened. Rebecca said, I can't believe you just said that. That's the meanest thing I've ever heard. And I literally stopped myself and said, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. I am definitely flooded and uh-huh. I definitely did not mean that. That is not a thing that I think we need to hang on to or that you need to carry around for the next 20 years. So that you or can that we need to on. continue having this conversation. Yeah. Or, 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 okay. But then, okay. But then I go into clients and same thing happens, which is basically the, the, the wife in this case says, oh, but you said, I, but you said, and it was something really mean. And mm-hmm. I immediately had empathy for him in this case, because I was like, I know exactly what happened. Of course he didn't yeah. mean that, but she's been hanging on to it for 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just made me want to like, um, dive into it a little bit because I think, um, navigating conflict has so many different little twists and turns and tributaries. Like, um, like maybe there's this one through line called the river, but then there's all these little offshoots that, um, mm-hmm. sometimes can get us distracted. And I think getting flooded is one of them. And so yeah. I'm interested in talking about like, what does that mean? And how does that, how do we navigate mm-hmm. that? The thing that comes to mind though, is in, in my relationship, I mean, it's been a long time. So um, every couple is a little bit different. And as you're talking to like listening to Zach, you might be thinking kind of how I'm thinking, which is I don't get into shouting matches. Like mm-hmm. I, I have not been emotionally flooded in my relationship since I was about 21 years old, which has been a little while, you know, it's been like three years and <laughs> That was funny. Did you catch that? Yeah. Thank you. I think it's Thank funny you. that you're calling it a relationship when you're only 21 years old. It was a relationship. I was engaged. You get no, to be engaged at that age. I was engaged. All right. Well, so <laughs> I I haven't been I haven't been emotionally flooded, but you might know what it feels like to be emotionally flooded behind the wheel of your car. Or you might know what it feels like to be emotionally flooded when you are, you know, like desperately trying to put your your kid to sleep for a nap because you had four glasses of wine the night before and you need to sleep your hangover off and you need to get the laundry done and you need to like all these things and all you want is for something to go your way and it's just not going your way. I actually got emotionally flooded. I'll tell you, this was not a proud moment at like an AT&T store when we were there for four hours trying to switch our plans over. Literally four hours. I walked across to a Fred Meyer. I grabbed a beer. I went and I sat in my minivan and I was like, I'm done. I know that this is not the way that a lot of people think is a healthy coping mechanism. And I am, I'm a, I'm a flawed human being, but at that moment, that's what I needed to do for myself. And I, as long as you're in your feasting period, I think you're fine. I think you can have, (laughs) I think you can have a glass of beer in your minivan. Um, Let's be clear about something though. Like Mm. flooding doesn't necessarily mean you got big and loud. It just means you got overwhelmed internally. Like I had this, um, Mm-hmm. When I so when you uh, when you attempt to become a certified Gottman therapist, you have to prove that you know what you're doing on videotape. And right. one of the things you have to prove is that you can handle flooding in your office. And so mm-hmm. I had a couple that I had. In, did I tell you this story? I'm sure I did. Um, mm-hmm. The couple that I used to do the flooding exercise, I picked them because she was kind of histrionic. She was a little. She was all over the place. She would 
she would get big, she would get loud, she would wave her hands, she would cry, she would, you know, and he was like flat. I mean, just no affect at all. Super flat affect. Um, He was a guy who regularly used marijuana to help him calm down. He played some version of professional poker and she was a mostly a a stay at home mom who just had a lot on her plate and was constantly trying to mitigate that. Anyway, I did the flooding exercise with them. I was a hundred percent sure that she was flooded. Um, Mm -hmm. And that that was where I was going to get my result because they were in the middle of something pretty thick. What astounded me was when we took their pulse, which is part of the way that you measure diffuse physiological arousal. She was like at like at a seventy eight, right? And he was like at one hundred and twelve. But he was he he could not have appeared more calm. He could not have appeared more like he had it together because he had all this practice stuffing down his. Yeah. But he was furious on the inside and and. It, it it amazed me. So you can't, you can't just assume that it's observable behavior. Sometimes it's, it's more like, well, you can't assume it's externally observable behavior. Although I do think those of us who recognize this tendency need to pay attention to what it is inside of us that, that signals flooding yeah. or signals yeah. arousal. I want to just tear this apart just a little bit um, so that our listeners can kind of understand what you were talking about. So as a therapist, one of the things that we're looking for is when you're going into diffuse physiological arousal, you're emotionally flooding. And when you emotionally flood, your body triggers this like cascade of hormones throughout your body. So it's, it's triggering cortisol and adrenaline. And it's essentially like getting you prepared to fight or flight. And, um, and the new one, one which is freeze. And, or, or freeze exactly, yeah. and and it's interesting because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done this, but I often will find that it couples kind of like what you were talking about, where one couple gets kind of big, like they escalate, and it's very visible, it's very external, like they're crying, their voice is loud, they're standing up, they're pacing the room, like they're cursing, they're has, saying things they're they don't cursing. mean. Yes, so it's very <laughs> visual. And what I find is sometimes when you're paired with someone who gets really big, the tendency of the other partner is not to match that. It's like, it's almost like they have this idea in their head that if I just sort of go, I retreat internally and I kind of shut down a little bit or I get really quiet and I get really calm, then maybe I will help to counterbalance my partner escalating. And it's almost like this attempt to sort of manage the dynamic in the room with this other partner and, and, oh man, it's really hard because the partner who's escalated, they hate it. They don't want their mm-hmm. partner to be the logical one oh. and to be the one that's calm and to be the one who's talking really quiet <laughs> and is like trying to stick with the facts. And that only makes them escalate more. And I know that there's listeners right now that are like, yes, that's me. That's my <laughs> relationship. I'm the escalator. And I hate it when my partner gets so logical. Anyway, I see that dynamic a lot. And I will. I think what you were just saying is that you can't judge a book by its cover. Just because your partner is calm, cool, unless it's collected, Catcher in the Rye. You what? Unless it's Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye, you can judge by its cover because it's got one of the greatest covers of all time. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, <laughs> Catcher in the Rye. That's where my son's name came from. From right? Like, oh, sure. Holden. Uh, are yeah. you asking me? Yeah, that was a question. Question mark. Oh no! What you should say is. Catcher in the Rye. Oh. Yeah. Love that book. That's yes. why we named Holden. Holden, Holden. Caulfield. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, that's not why it was actually after a, a snow apparel company. Um, hey, Holden, uh, that it? actually, that, there's something I, I thought about that the other day. I was thinking, Rebecca asked me if you guys uh, were finished having children and I was like, I'm pretty sure. And then I went, yeah, Holden. I wonder what that name is. I had that thought like 
today. Have you ever had yeah. this thing where like somebody says some, Oh, it's you were describing it with the American president. Um, but you like say something and then like something is like the exact same and it's like right near you. Or like, <laughs> I'm thinking the word, you know, I'm thinking about Ooh. writing a book and then like somebody on TV will be like, I just wrote a book. Have you ever mm-hmm. had that happen? Like it's, yeah, it's almost like a deja vu, but it's not deja vu. It's like, um, I, I don't know. There's you're, a name for it. It's the thing that happens when you buy a car and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Um, confirmation bias. No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to find it though. Or somebody's okay. going to find it. Somebody's going to find it and send it to us because they like to stalk us and do um, research. And then we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, All right. Can you help us out? We got it. Okay. So we have to circle back to flooding um, and how it's showing up in the relationship and how it's not helpful well, uh, to the yeah, relationship. So if I'm, if I'm doing strictly education right now, what I think I want to say is um, cracking this code is a big, is a really big part of learning how to crack the conflict code. Um, it's not that flooding is always present, but when it is, mm-hmm. it needs your attention. Um, and the reality is if one or both of you are flooded or one or both of you are sort of no longer in your right minds, then uh, that conversation is going to go poorly. It's, it, it just is. And so it's, it doesn't make any sense to continue having it mm-hmm. unless and until one or both of you can kind of come back to center. And that's where I think learning how to, I, 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 I mean, I'll say for me, what happened to me in the kitchen when I was like, hold on a second, I know exactly what's happening. I'm flooded. I didn't mean that. That does come mm. from years and years and years of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, practice which observing. I, which I love, by the way, is that as a therapist, as someone who is aware of flooding, years of practice of identifying flooding in yourself and your relationship, is that you still flood. Like mm-hmm. this is not something that is like preventable on mm-hmm. your side. That's a it's good point. still going to happen. You might flood less often. But what you're saying, and what I think I hear you saying is that it's most important to identify when it's happening, yeah. not necessarily the prevention of it. Yeah, not to, not not necessarily to keep it from happening. Although I do think that there is some merit to that. And I think that's where like mm-hmm. learning how to meditate or pray or breathe or mm-hmm. run or do yoga or I don't know, there's all kinds of ways that you can calm your mind, but um, it, or at least prepare your mind, particularly if you're already in a high conflict relationship or you can look at it right now and go, oh, I know this happens. I can see the pattern. Like, why mm-hmm. not get preemptive about it? But if it does happen in the moment, I do think there's some work that you can do to, um, to mitigate, to mitigate it. Um, yeah. And that's something that I'm interested in thinking about too. I, I had a, I had a guy once who um, was talking to me about wisdom. He described wisdom as putting a pause between opportunity and action. So like if somebody comes and knocks Ooh. on your door and says, Hey, I've got this Ferrari out here that I'll sell you for, you know, Mm $10,000. It's not wise to go, yep, here's $10,000, right? The wisdom is putting a pause in between the opportunity, the Ferrari and the action, which is the purchase, right? And I think the more space you can put in there, the more you can go, wait a second, 
is this a good deal? Like, where did this Ferrari come from? Wait, $10,000. That sounds kind of sketchy. I, I don't even yeah. have $10,000. Like all of a sudden I'm, I'm exercising wisdom. Right. And I think right. this model has actually been really helpful for me, especially with clients when we do get into conversations around flooding, because they're like, well, how do I, how do I not respond? And I think it's just exactly that. Like, mm-hmm. let's call it emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is putting a pause between the impulse and the response. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have an impulse to say something terrible. Right. You know, to my wife about my kids, perhaps. Well, emotional inter- emotional intelligence is for me to pause long enough to put a gap between that impulse, which mm-hmm. may be coming from a very real place of desire for justice or being provoked or, you know, just, you know, being sad. But then the the action itself needs a window. Right. It needs a, it Mm -hmm. needs a window of like anticipation or a window of uh, judgment. Like, is, is this the right action? Mm -hmm. And in my case, there was no pause. And so I just blurted this thing out and then, yeah. But then you could immediately tell you were like, wow, I can hear myself. I'm, I'm for a moment. It was like you were lucid. Well, Well, for a moment I was lucid, but I was also thinking about clients and I was thinking about like the very real possibility that Rebecca had to tuck that comment into her belt and keep it there until she was ready to pull it out again, which could have been mm-hmm. a year later, five years later, mm-hmm. 10 years later, mm-hmm. because I hear people in my office do it all the time. They pull out this mm-hmm. thing from a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, wait a second, 10 years ago, yeah, somebody said this in a heat of a moment in your kitchen and you're still mm-hmm. carrying it around as a wound in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really, ter- that's really awful. Like, I'm really sorry yeah. about that. And could it have been solved by the guy or the girl saying hold on a second i'm flooded that came from a totally unconscious unreal untrue place Mm -hmm. let's please expunge it from the record it's not it is not (laughs) at all what i am trying to communicate i'm trying to communicate that i'm angry and upset yeah but i use this really terrible thing to Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. do it right i think that's there's a there's a little bit and so i guess it comes back to this idea of putting a pause between the impulse and the response Right. Yeah. And the longer that pause, probably the more effective your your response is going to be. Yeah. A couple of things that come to mind is this idea of two people that get together and have very different family of origin stories of how they did conflict growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've heard lots of people that said, you know, I never there was never a raised voice in my family. I never actually saw my parents do conflict. I wasn't aware of any conflict growing up. And then there's other people And it's like their household did conflict by raising their voice as sort of like getting into sort of tussles, if you will, like, like getting had like really sharp, quick, fast quarrels. And then it was done and over with. And so when you're saying putting a pause to me, that's like recognition of being able to say, hey, I know that my family of origin did stuff, did conflict this way where we raised our voices. We said things we didn't, you know, didn't mean we got flooded, but it was done and over with. And then we could move on. And to me, it's like the pause is it might feel okay for you to raise your voice, but it's not okay to your partner. And I think that needs to be a discussion between the two of you of 
how are we doing conflict? Like what is our threshold that we are willing to tolerate as far as healthy conflict in our relationship and coming up with your own, your own script? Because even though you might be most comfortable with raising your voice and you may be most comfortable kind of diving in, say, hashing it out, saying what you want to say, need to say, and is reactive, like getting reactive like you used to. I do think it's important for two people to be able to say, hey, this is not this is not the family of origin. Like we're not taking this old script of what we grew up with. We need to create our own script of what we want conflict to look like. And for some people, it might be, you know, like sitting down and talking things out in the presence of children. It might be talking things out, you know, late at night having long com- drawn con- out conver- everybody does conflict differently and i um i think you and we were actually you and i just shared how differently you and rebecca do conflict versus ryan and i cuz i told mm-hmm. you this morning my husband was hurt by something and it was literally a 10 second conversation mm-hmm. he shared with me what he was hurt about i acknowledged it i said wow you know what i'm sorry i i probably should have uh, you know thought this through and i'm sorry that i impacted you and it was done and over with mm-hmm. um and that's how most things go but yeah. Well, just to that point, I think to, I think what you're describing is this idea that 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 there are different agreements that families make. And in the one yeah. case, you might have a family that says, oh, yeah, we're totally cool with just like, you know, revving up, burning real hot for a second, saying right. stuff that we don't mean and then walking away mm-hmm. as if it's just ingrained culturally. And that can be right. fine for some people. Like, yeah, um, I know plenty of couples like that. They say they tell each other to F off all the time. And like, that's just part of their, their style. Right. However, in some marriages to say F off is like a deal breaker, right? It's a, it's a a real violation, but that's the absence Mm -hmm. of agreement. It's not the absence of appropriate words, right? It's, it's that Mm -hmm. we didn't do this. So I will have this conversation all the time, which is whenever anyone says, well, my family was like this. I'm like, "Mm, sorry, that's not a prescription. That's a reference point. Yeah. And you can, you can use the reference point to sort of help you understand where you're headed and where you're going, but it's not a prescription for, okay, when I get married, I get to behave like my family did because Mm -hmm. the other person brings their family into it too. And now there's a, there's a third brand new family that needs to come up with its own agreements. Um, Yeah. So I call it the rules of engagement. Like, Hey, like, let's just talk about this. How do you want conflict to look in your relationship? Is it okay to call each other, you know, names? No. Is it okay for you to raise your voice? Yes. Is it okay to get angry and show that you're angry? Yes. Is it okay to get up, like stand up? No. Because when you stand up, that triggers me and makes me feel like there's a power differential. Okay. So like going through and actually talking about like, hey, when we have conflict, what are the rules of engagement that work for both of us? And if you are then breaking your rules of engagement, that's probably a pretty good indicator that one of you is flooded mm. because now you're, now you're not thinking that's two logically. Good points now in you're one like, podcast. yeah, that's nice. Oh, thanks. Way yeah. to bring it, bring it back full circle. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the other piece people are like, okay, fine. Well, what do we do? I think that, you know, kind of the prescription that at least comes out of the Gottman method, the one that we are familiar with is this idea that when flooding is present, it's going to take a time. It's going to take some time to, to re reset or re level. Um, and the prescription is at least 20 minutes, not more than 24 hours. So, Mm. you know, like I think when you know it's present and it's in the way it's perfectly fair and maybe even right and good and responsible for someone to go, you know what, we ought to just park this and come back to it later. Yeah. Of course, the complaint I hear most often is that, that, that if that, if that does happen, it doesn't happen kindly or politely. It's more like Mm -hmm. I'm out of here, forget this or, Mm -hmm. you know, 
but then the other piece is this is this complaint, which I'm sure you've heard, which is, okay, yeah, sure. We, we take breaks all the time. We just never come back to it or, or he never comes back to it or she, you know, she never comes back to it. So it becomes this ongoing issue that doesn't ever get a place to kind of land. And so I think if you're going to take flooding seriously, certainly there's the personal internal part where I recognize what's going on inside of me and I try to achieve Mm -hmm. this pause between impulse and response. But then there's also the collective, you know, sort of relational part, which is one of our strategies here has to be that we know how to take a break. We know how to walk away for at least 20 Mm -hmm. minutes, not more than 24 hours. But, but if one of you is going to suggest that we walk away, that person is now on the hook for coming back. And I think that there's Mm -hmm. something about closing the loop that really does help mitigate this idea that 10 years from now, I'm going to pull this comment out or I'm going to pull this moment out. Right. And I'm going to make sure that you hear about it because I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Um, Right. Which I think again, is just, it's just terrible. It's terrible that we are still thinking about what, what may have been incidental Mm -hmm. emotionally, emotionally led actions or words Mm -hmm. that frankly, like, I don't know if I would have remembered it. Yeah. Saying well, it, and I think, you know, okay, so in this particular example, there are some people that, yes, it absolutely, that is a part of who they are. They remember things that were said, the way that it struck a chord with them, it resonates, it sticks around and it. It's a wound, a literal wound. Um, and I don't think in these relationships, if you're someone who's in a relationship with, uh, I would say, someone who's sensitive, where these words do hurt, they stick around for years and years and years. And you are able to just kind of like, uh, move on, brush it off, you don't think about it, it didn't hurt you. Um, I really hope that you are sensitive to the fact that like, this is a legitimate wound to them. And even though you don't have the same experience, and it doesn't, it's not something that weighs you down, um, not to be critical of your partner when it does weigh them down, because it is a real thing. I actually I had a client yesterday that I love, he was sharing some information from his individual therapist. And he said, you know, there was a father and a son, you've probably heard of this. And this sounds like a joke. Yeah, go. no, it's not. It's not father a joke. And a it's son not a joke. Walked into the bar, and the bartender said, "Father and a son." And basically, you know, it has something to do with like every time you know the son does something wrong, the punishment is for the son to go out and he puts a nail into the fence. And so over time, the son is you know putting a nail into a fence, putting a nail into a fence, and eventually the the son decides or the father decides like, hey you know, you've corrected your old patterns and you've moved on and, and you're, you're doing things right. And so there's no longer punishment. Now you can go and you can take the nails out of the fence. And what ends up happening is that the son realizes that the fence now has all of these, all of these holes in the fence and um, it's weakened the fence over time and there's no way to fill these holes. And I just think that that's an important thing to recognize that every time you say something hurtful to your partner, maybe even, and most of the time we say these hurtful things when we are flooded, Um, when we are emotionally triggered to the place where we're feeling overwhelmed and saying things that we regret is that, you might regret them. Your partner might forgive you, but the holes are always there. They will always remain as these small wounds. And over time, you know, one or two wounds may not be the biggest deal, but if you let flooding continue in your relationship and you continue to say these hurtful things over time, the entire wall is covered in, in walls or in holes. So I don't know. I'm going to have to look up that story. I feel like it's something that's probably taught in churches. What do you say we land, land this plane? Um, 
Actually, here's one thing I wanted to mention. Oh, okay. Do you remember our video series? We do an entire an I entire remember. piece on flooding, emotional oh, flooding and yeah. repair and relationships. Yeah. Cool. It's called Marriage in Motion. It's a video series for couples. It's oh, yeah. uh, 16 videos with corresponding activity sheets. And so for couples that have wanted to focus on their relationship, really creating motion in the relationship this year, that would be a really excellent way to oh, just yeah. kind of dive like in. New Year's resolution. Like a New Year's resolution. And we're going to focus on the marriage. We don't necessarily want to go to couples therapy, but we're willing to swap out our Netflix for, you know, a some videos to watch of Zach and Laura yeah. looking super handsome and lean back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, telling, telling us more helpful tips about the relationship that you can find on marriage therapy radio. Do you have a uh, new year's resolutions? Did we talk about this already? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now I'm super focused on, a new way of eating. Uh, if you had listened to my solo podcast that I recorded for I last not. week, yeah. you would notice that there's a lot of focus around creating some new habits around eating and exercise. And um, I'm really focused on it right now. It, I think that it's a major component of me getting back to who I am as an individual. Cause you've always known me as, as a like athletic person in shape. Athletic ish. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you used to no, have muscles for days. You're athletic. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, do you have an intention this year? Um, well, I'm just trying to get back to like feeling at home in my brain and my body. So um, mm -hmm. I, I wasted a lot of time in 2020 caring about things that didn't matter and focusing on behavior that wasn't healthy. So okay. now I'm intermittent fasting and I'm, mm -hmm. uh, I'm drinking a lot of water and I'm, yeah. I started another flossing streak. Whoa! Hey, oh, yeah. back yeah. to oral hygiene. I know, I know. It's been a it's been a couple of years, but I'm determined to break my record, which I think is I have to go check, but it's something like 187 days or something. It's, yeah, you went a long time. Yeah. Um, mm. No, but mostly I'm just you know chilling, trying not to take myself too seriously. So. Yeah. Well, if you want to take me more seriously, I would appreciate that. Nah. <laughs> Hey, hey, I'll see you bright and early next Thursday so we can record our next podcast. Well, we can negotiate terms uh, over the next week. But hey, if again, if this is your first time, thank you for listening. And yeah. um, go back and check out some of the episodes that we already have. You yeah. can go to marriage go back therapy. to number one and go to marriage therapy oh, like com. Although I did want to talk about skydiving today. And I think number two or three or four is how yes. to skydive, which would yeah, be a good companion episode. But it's like three years ago. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great idea, actually, because we talk a lot about flooding and it's been, yeah, three years since we've talked about it. So go back and listen to Zach's um, Zach talking about skydiving and skydive. the correlation to flooding. Hey, I want to go now. I got to go run. Well, you got stuff to do. I have stuff <laughs> to do. OK. All right. All right. Adios. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Hey, I mentioned it and I'm, I'm actually pretty serious that if if this topic was interesting to you, you think that, hey, flooding, flooding does happen in my relationships and I have put holes in the wall. Um, then I think it's probably a good point to check out uh, our video series for couples. It's called Marriage in Motion. You can find it on our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. There's a tab at the top that says products. And if you scroll down, you'll find the video series. I think we have it on there for an incredible deal. Uh, I mean, it's, it's literally like 16 sessions that you'd be doing with a couples therapist, um, with Zach and I teaching you and then having you work through exercises with your, with your partner. And it's for... Uh, less than the price of 
two sessions with Zach and myself. So um, check it out. Thank you for all of your time and your attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.